I'm Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. I'm here with my lovely wife and co-host, Paige Easter. And today we are talking about one of the major topics that comes up in all of my coaching. Paige, for your coaching as well, I'd imagine, this is one of the common things that human beings face, which is the, the existence of, the development of, the struggle with confidence and, and self-confidence. So let's, let's kick it off. What, why are we even, why are we even talking about? I mean, why even tune in to a podcast on confidence, Paige? Why not? Actually, I think so many people talk about confidence that they want more of it. And if they could be more confident, they see other people who demonstrate confidence and they aspire to be like that or maybe even experience envy around that. I think it's a super important part of our reality and probably one of the hugest themes in personal development in general. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love that that idea. Thanks for bringing it into my awareness. That idea of like somebody else who's being in the presence of somebody else who's really confident and just like all eyes are drawn to that person and that person seems to navigate the world with such ease. And, uh, you know, and I think, I think that peace is kind of what we're really after as people. This is something, an idea I've been toying with lately. And I think that the lack of confidence can get in the way of our sense of peace. And part of what confidence is, is a sense of peace in existence in the world and the way that the world works and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, really useful. It comes up a lot. You know, I hear it a lot as a reason not to take action is because I'm not confident enough to take action. If only I were more confident, then I would be taking action. And so, yeah, it seems like a, a, a reason to kind of clean up our relationship with ourselves and, and our confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of ways to think about like what confidence is and what it does for us. I like that you bring attention to peace. And I think that's another way of saying like agency, like the ability to put your mind on something and then go create it for yourself. And then from there, I kind of think of self-actualization and lack of confidence feeling like there is potential within me that's being left on the table because I have a vision for what would be wonderful and amazing. And I also don't have the capacity to take steps towards it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, or the story that you don't have capacity to take. The story. Exactly. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Which become quickly becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So let's, let's talk about like what I think a big myth around confidence is that sort of this idea that we have to have it before we can take actions in the world. So I think it's really useful to, to consider that that might be an error in thinking 
because if we are sitting around waiting for confidence or trying to get confidence before we take action, in my belief, that is one of the, it's cart before the horse thinking. It's like, because one of the ways that we actually develop confidence, I think, and we'll get more into this later, is to actually take action. So if we're sitting around waiting to take action until we feel confidence, then we could be waiting for a really long time uh, because it is the it is the confidence that gives us action. It'd be like, it'd be like waiting around to get warm before we start moving. And it's like, well, moving gets you warm. <laughs> so, so let's, uh, so let's go ahead and, and do that. That's such a great analogy. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. That's so useful. That's such a useful way of thinking about that. Yeah. And so I think that, that busting through that myth is really useful. And, and I think that the path to, to confidence is kind of twofold. And one is, and maybe I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, if, if you can think of anything that doesn't fit into these two. But I think the path to confidence is kind of twofold. I think on the one hand, we have taking courageous action. And on the other hand, we have recognition of ourselves in the act of taking courageous action. So, and I was thinking about this before, before this conversation. There's this guy, David Data. He wrote a book. Actually, I cannot think of what the name of the book is off the top of my head right now. But he's done a lot of thinking about like the difference between masculine and feminine. And, uh, and I know I picked this concept up from him. I don't exactly remember where, but the idea that the masculine grows from challenge and the feminine grows from praise. And I think that that's, you know, do, do what you will with those concepts of masculine and feminine and whatever. But I think that that's a, like an interesting lens to think of. And, uh, and I do think that there is a part of me that grows from challenging myself to do things that I wouldn't otherwise do and step outside my comfort zone and take and, and do things that are courageous, basically that require courage. And then, and then the other side, I do think that there is a part of me that actually grows when I get praised and when I praise myself. And so I, I think, you know, again, do what you will with those concepts of masculine and feminine, but I think that's a useful model and lens for thinking of growing. And especially as it applies to confidence, because I think those are kind of two of the fundamental ways that we can grow our confidence, whether or not they're the only ways I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. How does that land with yeah. you? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I have a question around praise because I think that when we talk about confidence, I think there is a tendency to for people to seek affirmation out there in the world and like get praise out there and be really kind of driven by that and then feel and then ultimately set themselves up for failure because they haven't cultivated the ability to create praise from within. And so then their behavior kind of becomes driven or contingent on what they think other people will praise them for. And I'd be curious about your thoughts about that. Yeah. And I, this is actually a really great point. And something that I want to talk about in this conversation is like thinking of confidence as like a flywheel that you get spinning. And in the beginning of getting a flywheel spinning, it like takes a lot of effort, I think, up, up front to get it going. But any way of getting it going gets it going faster and faster and faster or like pushing a swing, you know, like any, any effort that we do to get it going is paid off in the longevity of it. So I think that there is a very careful distinction to make when we are approaching the topic of confidence, when we are seeking validation from other people, because on the one hand, if that is the only way that we are cultivating confidence is by seeking validation from other people, it will always remain hollow because we will depend on other people for the validation. And as soon as it goes away, so will our sense of self-esteem and confidence. And 
Uh, on the other hand, getting that flywheel going initially, I, I suspect that there probably is some value in getting that that praise and affirmation from other people. You know, I, I think I'm reminded of my my own personal journey of confidence and how I had this like massive head injury and then I was very fearful and full of anxiety around socializing. And so I would have said at the time that I'm not very confident. I don't have a lot of confidence. And then I went out and for the next, you know, decade of my life, I did everything that I could to get other people to tell me that I was worthy and that I was valuable and that I was successful by whatever marker that was, usually by attention from women. But other other ways as well, um, you know, like showing off all, all kinds of things that I, w- I would do to try to get like attention and positive energy from other people. And while I can definitively say that that never worked to get me to feel confident, like it, it didn't do it for me because I still had this hollowness inside me at the end of the day because I was de- so dependent on other people. I will say that I do believe that it helped me to cultivate my own sense of self-confidence and to give myself that own, my own kind of praise. And this is where like, I think like a, we can talk about a personal badassery list, but something like the recognition piece of like, okay, well, well, like where is the evidence that I do have the skills and abilities to show up in the world? And so I think, you know, I don't want to dismiss either, but what I do want to say is like, there's a cautionary tale here of you, you cannot, the, the whole will continue to expand in you as long as you, I believe the whole will continue to expand in us, in humans, the more we try to like fill it with other people's if we're not also cultivating that sense of self. And I think the affirmation work is really important for that and that sort of thing. And that that was how that I, I moved through that in the world. So that's my sense is, you know, it's not that it's not helpful or useful to have those things, but that it actually is counterproductive if we're not also doing that internal work on our own. Totally. And one way that I think about this is that if other people in the world around me are giving me praise, then that's a moment for me to kind of have something new brought to my awareness, especially when I think so many people, I just taught a workshop last night on confidence. There were eight women in the room and there's this tendency to think about really spectacular things to praise others in. And this kind of like not like a lack of a tendency to acknowledge the mundane, like you're in your life, you're living it day in, day out. And you're like being a mom or you're being a business owner. And there are things that you have learned how to do that are now easy, but they're just because they're easy to you now doesn't mean that they're not worth giving yourself credit for, or just because it's not like there's more growth on the table for you and you want more and you aspire for it doesn't mean that what is happening already isn't praiseworthy. And and I think like it's really useful to have people around us as very communal creatures that we are to bring stuff to our attention for us to then go inside and be like, oh yeah, is that a part of me that I really appreciate and is valuable and has a positive impact in the world? Okay, cool. I'm on the right track and using feedback from our reality instead of creating a relationship of dependence on that positive affirming feedback. Yeah. And I, I love what you, what you did there. And I just like want to underscore it, which is you get the feedback from the world. And then it's in, and by the way, one thing you can just, you can immediately start doing right now is if you're the kind of person who denies feedback. So somebody says like, Oh, that was so great. And you're just like, Oh no, I didn't, not me. I, you know, like you have some, something that you do. I'm thinking of anyway, 
there's there's like there's like a way of denying that, okay? And so like if you're the kind of person who does that, you know who you are probably. You're unwilling to take a compliment or whatever. One is I just want to like hold as a as a side thought. It feels really good to give people compliments, and so if you deny that somebody giving you a compliment, you're actually like kind of taking something away from their experience in the world and not receiving it. So, you know, you, you could create, you could generate more positive feeling in their world by just saying, by, by taking their compliment, because they want to feel, they want to give you a compliment. And if you resist it, then it's like, it feels like it's like a minor, uh, like a tiny rejection. But the other uh, thing is you can just immediately, if you're that kind of person, just here's what you say. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's all, that's all it, that's all it takes. This was something that I really worked on, on my, in my own sense of uh, self-confidence was people giving me compliments and then me being like, Oh, I didn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, or like, or then immediately pointing out something that I did wrong as well, or something like that, that I perceived as being something that I did wrong. Like, Oh, like I'm, you know, giving them the reasons why I was unworthy of that compliment was like, well, cause, but I also didn't do these things. You know what I mean? And so one of my early mentors just said, you know, when you get a compliment, just say thank you. You don't, none of the other bullshit. You don't need any of that other stuff. Just, just say thank you. That's what, that's what a person who is confident says is thank you. Yeah. What do you think that's about that kind of desire to deny the compliment? Like what, what, what is it about that? Like, what is it about a person that creates that tendency? Yeah. I think that that's what, that's the whole thing that we're talking about today is like, it is when the story that you are hearing does not match up with the story that you're telling, then we, hold up a barrier would create some sort of obstacle to receiving that. I, th- I think that we won't let it happen until we like have that own story. And that's why I started like, really, it's like, it's not enough to just be getting praise from other people. It- it's important to cultivate the the praise from, from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you've mentioned a couple of times in this podcast, that like story. And I think that when I, when I was teaching this workshop last night, there was like, well, what's, what gets in the way of confidence? And there's like a fear of failure, fear of rejection, perfectionism, overwhelm, like all of these things. And I think those are really useful to kind of parse out and think about them each separately, you know, as we're working through our own personal development. And also the bottom line of all of those is some kind of a story or a picture or a visualization of I take some action and the result is unbearable. And so what I think can be a really great antidote to to creating more confidence or overcoming lack of confidence is to start spending time with pictures of you being in success. Start visualizing that, creating stories, giving recognition to when it's going well. And we have a previous episode on visualization that would be really great to reference for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to like kind of really quickly, because I, I think those are some of the things that people might say get in the way of their confidence is like a perfectionism or a fear of failure or fear of rejection or, you know, overwhelm or people pleasing or all, all these uh, other things, these like these broken records, as we call them. But let me ask you this, because I, I think this can help to clarify our thinking. Ask yourself this, if you're listening to these words right now, ask yourself this. Do you believe that it takes being a perfect person in order to experience confidence? Do you believe that it requires being a perfect person in order to experience confidence? And if the answer to that question is anything other than yes, then we know that the experience of confidence doesn't depend on you solving 
perfectionism, solving fear of failure, solving fear of rejection, solving people pleasing. In other words, we don't need to go through each of those things one at a time. We know that the experience of confidence can happen in the presence of those things. Okay. It doesn't require us completely undoing perfectionism in order to experience confidence. We can experience confidence and perfectionism. The one is not dependent on the other. Right. We don't have to, we don't have to solve all of the woes of humanity in order to be confident. And I think that that is like subconsciously, that is a game that people are trying to play is like, well, I'll be confident when I am deserving of it. Right. And I just want to separate those two concepts out being deserving of whatever in the world and being confident that they, they have nothing to do with each other. Okay. And we all know that there are people in our realities that seem to have confidence despite it being completely unwarranted. Right. Okay. Now, now we might have a fear of showing up that way in the world. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a deluded, confident person. Right. But I just want to draw the distinction that it, do, it, it doesn't require us to be the kind of person who, you know, has it all figured out in order to be a confident person. So I'd like to actually like take this, this as an opportunity to talk about a little bit about what confidence is and, and isn't, because I think I really love the root words of confidence for understanding this. It, it's confidence, which with faith, that's what confidence means with faith. So I don't know what you, what does that mean to you when you think about like with faith? What does that mean to you? To me? Yeah. Belief in possibility, I think. Yeah. The and, belief that it is possible. And so I guess one way of thinking about that would be, I don't necessarily have to have success in sales or whatever I'm up to in the world to believe that it is possible. Mm, love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is really beautiful. Cultivating a sense of possibility as a means of growing your self-confidence, right? I don't have to know exactly how. I just have to believe that it's possible. And then we have confidence. I think there's another side to this too, which is the belief that you can handle it when it doesn't work out. You have faith that faith in yourself to be okay. Hey, look, is it my favorite thing that that thing didn't work out and I lost a bunch of money and I lost a friend or I hurt myself or whatever? Is it my favorite thing? No. Am I going to be okay? All right. Yeah. Okay. I guess you got me. I'll be okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Because if you're going to be okay and if we're going to survive it, right, then we're going to get a little stronger in our belief that we can survive the next thing. And this is where I think we can start to get the flywheel of confidence spinning, right? It's like to, to, to do the things that help you to cultivate your sense that it's going to be okay. And, and I love it. You called it possibility because, well, what is ever, any possibility dependent on that we survive, right? If you don't survive, your possibilities drop to zero, assuming a physical body, all that stuff, assuming we're not in a simulation. <laughs> So what kinds of things can we do now to then get that flywheel spinning, to cultivate that sense of possibility, to cultivate that sense that we can survive, we can survive mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It seems like when I hear you ask that question, I think about challenging things and uncomfortable things and things that will like open up, I guess like possibilities was one way of saying it, but like open up that 
here's this thing that is going to be really uncomfortable, potentially, maybe I've never done it before. It's unfamiliar. And then I do it and then I get to the other side. And then now my brain has the experience of doing this very dangerous thing and surviving. And so then brain, even I think even our subconscious is like, oh, okay, maybe I can like loosen the reins a little bit here and allow for a little more space for this person to like go out and do big things. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I, I was telling a client about this the other day because like this, this journey, you know, this, I had this like crippling social anxiety. I was so concerned and I, you know, I knew I wanted to meet people, meet strangers and I'd go out to a bar and then I would, I would sit in my car before the bar and I'd be like, oh, it's, it's too early. I'm here at nine o'clock. You can't go into a bar at nine o'clock. I, I, I sh- I'll go get a hamburger and I'll get, and then I'll come back and I'll be, and then we go get a hamburger and it would mysteriously take two hours to get a hamburger. And then I come back and it'd be at like 11 o'clock and I'd be like, well, it's now it's too late to go. I can't go. I can't go in at 11 o'clock. You know? So there was like all these, all these reasons that I, I couldn't do it. But I will say this, as I said to the client the other night, like every time I took the action and I went in to the bar. Okay. Or, you know, j- cause just walking in the doors of the bar and not talking to anybody increased my confidence because I like became the person who showed up for myself and for the journey. You like pushed the boundary of the threshold of the known. Exactly. And you like made what is now known a little bit bigger. Exactly. Yeah. And oh my, that is such a beautiful way of saying it, Paige. Is is that like, because isn't that what confidence really is? Is our pushing of the threshold of what part of the unknown we're willing to traipse out into. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that that is the hero's journey, right? Like we go out into the wilderness and who knows what happens out there in the wilderness, but to be, yeah. but to be willing to show up for that, that is mm-hmm. the essence of confidence, I think, is the yeah. willingness to show up. I've been thinking a lot about the idea of like risk and that we get to have it. I think a lot of us tend to relate to it as like, well, if it just, if it wasn't risky, I could just go and I could do it and I could move things through things more quickly. But I was thinking about this idea of risk and I made this association in my mind with the game, The Floor is Lava. And I have this image of a bunch of kids sitting around a room bored out of their minds. And then one kid stands up and is like, the floor is lava. And now we have something to do. We have the challenge. We have diversion. And I just, I take such great delight in thinking about the world in those terms. And and I also think it's useful to remember we're here doing life. We're here for, I mean, a whole lifespan. Like, what are we going to do anyway, other than like play some kind of a game? And I think sometimes it can be really useful. Like we get so entrenched in the game that we forget that like the floor isn't actually lava. Like we could just, it would be okay if we took a jump for the sake of the game, for the sake of diversion. And also remember if we fall on the floor, worst case scenario, we get like a little bruise. A little burned. If we fall into the lava, maybe we lose a foot. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it's so much more fun to think that there are like the stakes are high. Yeah, I I love that. I I think that's really beautiful. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm I'm here. We're I think we're here to play a game. And I think those risks are like what make the game. The challenge is actually what makes the game happen. Right. You it, it would be so boring to play a game if you knew every part of the game. It would be so boring to play a game if you didn't have anybody, you know, fighting against you. And it is boring to play games. Like if you, if you have a skill in a game or something, 
to play against somebody who has no skill in it, it's not that exciting to do, right? And so, and so we create challenges, I think, to make the game more interesting. And so it's like, it's like, don't, I love this, um, the quote, smooth seas make shitty sailors. You know what I mean? It's like, don't, don't wish for there to be calm seas, wish to be the kind of sailor that can handle the storm. And that's, I, I really love that. And I also think that that is like, that is like an essential, that's a beautiful stance for, for com- anyone out there who wants to cultivate their confidence in the world. He's like, you know, don't wish for everything to go perfectly, wish to be able to handle it when it doesn't, you know what I mean? And guess what? You can, you are, you already are that thing, right? Unless it kills you. And then guess what? You're not going to be, we won't have a conversation about it because you'll be dead. (laughs) All right. You're either going to handle it or we're not going to have a conversation about it. So either way, it's a win-win situation if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. I also think it's worth drawing attention to over a lifetime of experience, every challenge you have overcome and you have learned from to date. So, and the more you take risks and the more you have experiences or confronted with challenges and overcome them and learn from them, the more likely it is that you will not die. Exactly. And anything that you, anything that you are confident in right now, there was a time when you weren't confident in it. I love love remembering that. that we were babies. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. There was a time when you were not confident in anything that you're confident in, no matter what, like, look, think, think about go. If I tell you right now, go grab a glass of water. Okay. Right. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you're probably the kind of person who would go, yeah, I can do that. Right. But there was a time where, first of all, there was a time when that was actually physically impossible for you. You literally could not do it at that time. You hadn't, you didn't have the capability to get a glass of water. Right. And then there was a long period of time where getting a glass of water was not a certain thing. <laughs> it was it was very, very possible, likely even that if you had a glass of water that didn't have a lid on it, that water, that water was going to wind up on you or the table or your parents or whatever. You know what I mean? So so we we develop our sense of confidence from the act of doing it over and over and over again. And we make mistakes for a long time. And we only don't make mistakes anymore because we made all the mistakes. We figured out all the different ways that we could spill that water. And even still, sometimes we, we spill the water, right? As, as adult human beings, right? And, and I think that is what, that's what, the, which is a separate topic. Mastery is a separate to- topic than confidence, but I think they're, they're kind of, they have a foot in each other's realms. But mastery, that's what the journey of mastery looks like. Okay. Is that we make mistakes and then we make fewer mistakes because we figured out how to not make those first mistakes. And then we make fewer mistakes because we figured out how to not make those second mistakes until ultimately the mistakes are so few and far between that we can't even remember the last time we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, then, and then we, and then we start forgetting to give ourselves credit. <laughs> and then of course, because it's too easy. It's too obvious. It's well, too easy, this, yeah. 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 So you mentioned a personal badassery list. What's, what are we, what are we doing there? Um, a personal badassery list is a list of statements about oneself that they can write down and then reference as a way to instill confidence. It's like kind of like a cheat code or like a checklist reminder that somebody can just reference and remember what they are capable of, what their skills are, what their qualities are, what their achievements are, the impact they've had on other people. Yeah, to remember their capabilities, I think, is like a great way of saying the personal badassery list. And then, and then this can be used as a tool to cultivate that inner story. 
Because the more we tell that inner story of our confidence, the more we give ourselves credit for ourselves being and showing up in the world, the more we'll start to cultivate our own sense of inner confidence. The other side of that that I want to say, so that's the praise side of it. The other side of it is the risky action side. So if you want to cultivate confidence, take risky action. Now, look, what does that mean? If I want to start working out, I'm not going to go to the gym and put seven plates on each side of the bar and then try to lift it. Okay. Cause I could, I could crush myself with that. I, I mean, first of all, I won't even be able to get that off the, off the bench, but then if I were, I would crush myself. So you can cultivate the sense of confidence by taking small risky actions. Okay. Like when I was at the bar, first of all, just driving my car to the bar, that was a risky action for me at that time. I know that sounds ridiculous. And to this me, it's like that, but it actually was, it was a risky action for me, even to show up in the proximity because people would see me in, in there potentially in the parking lot. You know what I mean? And then walking in the door, that is a risky action. So do that until it feels comfortable walking in the door. And then, you know what? You're going to feel a little bit more capable of like going and talking to somebody. That's going to feel like a risky action. Holy shit. Ooh, you know what I mean? And so then you go and you talk to people and you, hey, you know, I don't die when I talk to people. All right, cool. Maybe I can talk to people and like see how long it would go. Because then I'd blow myself out. I would like talk to people and I'd be like, all right, guys, it was great talking to you. And I'd leave. I'd run away <laughs> before the interaction was duly ended because I was like, I, I was so terrified of running out of things to say or something like that. So you you can extend the the uh, the stretch into confidence with courageous actions, with an escalating journey of courageous actions. And so that would be the invitation to you is like, if you're listening to this and you want to cultivate your confidence, start to cultivate your personal badassery list, that, that resource that you can access to remind yourself, to praise yourself for the confidence that you do already have and that you are developing and for the risky actions that you have taken, by the way. And then two, embark on the journey of escalating risky action of taking actions that are outside your comfort zone and then taking more actions that are outside your comfort zone and then taking more actions that are outside your comfort zone. And, and then you'll notice that you're more confident in hindsight, just like with water and driving your car and walking down the street and, you know, talking to somebody on the phone. There was a time when talking to somebody on the phone was like, you know what I mean? And if you don't have that right now, congratulations, you overcame that, that, that phase of your life. So Take risky, two, two ways to develop confidence. Take risky action and then remember to give yourself credit for the risky action that you take. Anything else to add, Paigey? I think that's great. Beautiful. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And uh, this is just your reminder to live your freedom and love your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.